Jules is an organizational and well-being expert. She's an author and she specializes in teaching people to have more powerful and satisfying relationships. You can learn more about her at JulesHarrison.com. So thank you so much for being here with me today. I really appreciate you having me, Karina. Yes, I'm very excited to learn the biggest mistakes that people make in their relationships and hopefully how we can avoid making those mistakes in the first place. So can you just tell me a little bit about how you became interested in this area in the first place? Yeah, so um, I'm a mom of a 21-year-old and um, I was married for 25 years and that all ended pretty abruptly and I thought that I had been a really awesome wife. And just... Based on as much as I know you, I would assume that you would be an amazing wife. <laughs> yeah, so when um, it all kind of fell to pieces, and I was like, I thought I was pretty happy at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd done enough work myself to know that it wasn't all his fault. Mm. I wanted to point the finger and, and like, oh, poor me, right? Right, like, right. But, but I knew that I had a part in it, and I had no idea what I had done as my part in the mm-hmm. dissolution of my marriage. Um, we were still really good friends. We still are to this day. And, and a lot of that has to do with how I dove into really looking for answers and mm-hmm. being open to seeing what, you know, what I had done in right. that. And being willing to even, you know, take some of that responsibility in the first place because you're so right that kind of our inclination Mm -hmm. is to always look outside of ourselves as the source of the problem. Um, But you're right, you know, it's always a, you know, kind of two-person operation, so to speak. And largely, I think most of us can observe that when there are problems in relationships, there's some kind of middle ground between yeah. the two people in terms of always, know, where yeah. is the root of the problem coming from? Yeah, there's always two perspectives to every side. And I don't know if you've ever seen that cartoon where it shows, you know, somebody standing on this side and somebody standing over here and they're describing what they see. Mm-hmm. They're looking at the same thing, but it's, it's different perspectives. So right. when we can allow that maybe we're not seeing the whole thing, mm. um, it just creates a much richer experience right. when we allow for other people's input and, mm-hmm. and imagining what that must be like from their perspective, too. Right. So I guess let's dive in. Yeah. With, you know, what is, the, what is the number one most common mistake um, that people are making in their relationships that they can stop making <laughs> with some simple changes? Yeah, awareness. Right. So the first thing that we do, and it's so um, unconscious, is that we have all sorts of assumptions and expectations that we've made Mm -hmm. of other people, of things that they say, of things that we think that they should know or should do Mm -hmm. um, without us ever having to say a a thing about it. And so really, just to create some some language to understand it. Uh, I consider relationship a human animal experience, right? So we have these two sides of us as human beings. We have the primal um, 
amygdala brain mm -hmm. that is completely dedicated to our survival. And I refer to that as like our caveman, cavewoman experience right. or um, a human animal experience. And relationship falls into that category for me. So because relationships don't require anything of us, they just happen. Mm hmm Right? Like you have a relationship with Martha, mm -hmm. the front desk receptionist, and she's there every day. She greets you. You have a relationship. Right. Didn't require anything of you other than walking by and saying hello. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of how I consider relationship. Partnership, which is what I really specialize in and what I'll be sharing, are different principles of creating and upholding partnership. And partnership is defined as two people in this instance. It can be with an organization or with coworkers and teammates, right? Mm -hmm. So it's two people who've chosen to be on the same side or same team to be up to something together that they couldn't do on their own. Okay. So it's a choice, and I refer to that as human spirit. It's our prefrontal cortex. It allows for higher-level thinking mm -hmm. and the ability to create win-win situations. Right. But most of the time, we are living and reacting from our human-animal survival right. brain. And I think that, you know, kind of seeing that division there... Um, is really something that we can all experience. So we have these very uh, kind of natural emotional reactions to things, whether it's frustration while we're sitting in traffic or extreme joy when something really good happens to us. Uh, those kind of emotional reactions, um, as opposed to when we can actually take a more, you know, cognitive approach. We're doing things like weighing the costs and benefits and really making right. a conscientious, thoughtful decision. Um, and that that is, you know, very separate from those initial emotional responses that we feel right. in a given situation. Yeah, and I love the example that you gave. So I follow your work um, of the yoga videos and everything. So I know that you're you're very practiced, right, mm -hmm. in being mindful with your body and with what you're thinking and how you communicate. But, like, when you step into your car and somebody cuts you off, like, <laughs> in that instant, what comes out of your mouth, right. it, that is human animal, right. right? Like, when we're calling people that, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it is a reaction. It's... Um, and so becoming aware of when that's happened. Mm. So, for example, um, my daughter was living, at, she lives in New York City, and she noticed that she had an expectation for her roommate to keep the kitchen clean. Right? <laughs> Seems like an obvious one. <laughs> right. And so what she noticed, though, is that... Um, when she came home from school and there were a bunch of dishes in the sink, and it's New York City, okay, cockroaches, hello. <laughs> and uh, she would feel really frustrated. Mm. She wouldn't say anything, but it would be really upsetting. It would maybe kind of even set her off for most of the day. Right. And then she noticed also that when her roommate had cleaned up the kitchen and she came walking through to get to her room, she didn't even notice wasn't even on her radar. Wow. So the thing is, is, with expectations, when they're met, 
we're just not upset. There is no, like, it doesn't move the needle to where we're like, oh, the kitchen is so clean. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We don't do that. Mm -hmm. Expectations, there's not a lot of um, payoff for people to meet our expectations. And most of the time we expect them to read our minds about it. Mm -hmm. I think that you know, each and every one of us has been in that situation before um, with a roommate, whether it's a romantic relationship or not. Right. Um, and you're so right that what elicits the response from us is generally when we feel that our expectations aren't being met or one of those unspoken assumptions has somehow, you know, been violated. Um, but it's so true that, you know, for the most part, as we move through our lives and things are going as expected or as we've, you know, hoped them to be, uh, that there isn't an equal positive response that kind of uh, would be comparable with how strong the negative response is when those expectations aren't being met. Right. So can you see how quickly and easily and rampant it is for us to be in expectation and to have assumptions that people should know this right. without us having to say anything. So that really is one of the biggest things that, that get in the way of having satisfying relationships. Mm-hmm. And what it requires of us is, is acting in partnership, is inviting someone to be in partnership. And part of that is creating clarity. So actually knowing what it is that you need mm-hmm. Right, having that awareness to be able to ask someone, and and so here's another thing that gets in the way, is when you're upset about something mm-hmm. and you realize what you need, frequently, especially women, will um, present it to the other person as a demand. It might come off as a question, but the energy behind it is you, you, this better be a yes. Right. And then certainly the other person sees it as a demand, no matter right? how nicely you've gone about asking for X, Y, or Z. Right. And can you kind of tell when somebody is, I call it being sticky. Mm-hmm. It's when you, you ask for something with an agenda, mm-hmm. right? Like you're... Like, however you're phrasing, like, oh, well, these dishes are, gosh, (laughs) I really, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. um, you know, super sweet, sappy. It's gross to be on the receiving end of that. And when somebody demands something of you, even when it sounds like they're asking, you can, can you, you know what I mean? You can feel what's behind the words. Mm Mm-hmm. And if you demand something from someone, if you ask for something and without no being an option, then that's a demand. And a demand can never be a gift. Mm. So you can't even receive it in a way that they've now done something for you Mm -hmm. because they like you and they want you to be happy. Right. Please pardon this brief interruption. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Become a supporter at patreon.com slash psychetruth, where you can watch the video version of this episode and all of our other podcasts. You'll also gain access to over 500 videos of exclusive content, including premium courses and behind-the-scenes peaks.
Help us keep this information free by visiting patreon.com slash psychetruth. That's P-S-Y-C-H-E-T-R-U-T-H. Can you see how we really don't set our partners up Mm. to win with us? Right. There's not a lot of motivation to meet our expectations. There's not a lot of payoff there. And then when we do finally speak up about what it is that's not working for us or what we need to be different, mm-hmm. um, we do it as a demand. Mm. So it can't even be a gift, right? It can't even give them any kind of payoff. Mm-hmm. So that they get to feel good about having provided it for us. Right. And then what is going to, you know, not only resolve this one situation, like a sink full of dirty dishes, but create a, uh, a pattern for this problem to not keep recurring over and over again. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, you know, when we look at um, relationships, one of the biggest problems is, is when the same problem keeps kind of coming up over and over again, um, without any kind of real solution put into place. And then it feels like we're stuck in a rewind, uh, you know, repeat episodes of the same thing. And that just, it, it weighs on both people. Absolutely. It becomes incredibly frustrating. Mm -hmm. And so there are a couple of different things that play into that. One of them is, is how you ask. How do you ask? So if you have a notebook, this is a great spot to take notes in. Um, So how you ask someone really ties into the whole experience of what mode we're in. Mm. So I like to refer to people being in um, like hunter mode Mm -hmm. or gatherer mode. And it really is not gender specific or specific. It's really not gender specific. It has to do with with what we're doing at a particular time. Mm -hmm. Because as women, you know, being in the work world, we are in kind of our masculine mode. We're in our single focus, produce results. Let's get Mm -hmm. things done. We're checking stuff off the list. And if somebody comes to you when you're in that space and they want to talk about something that they need, like how well are you able to receive that in that moment? Mm. Because you're just, your mind is like... So focused on I'm, I'm your focused. work, your important, your seemingly important things that you can't make that space yeah. for the person who's come in to try exactly. and ask something. Exactly. And on the other side of that, we get so worked up around asking for what we need. It feels mm-hmm. like a really big hurdle. Mm-hmm. So we've been like prepping ourselves and like, okay, I can do this. I can ask for this thing that really means something to me. It will really make a difference for how my day goes. If I walk in and like the kitchen is clean and I feel like I've got somebody who's on my side, Mm -hmm. right? Like that's the difference that it would make. And then I go in and I interrupt you and you're in the middle of something. You can't even really, you're not even there yet, first of all. So I call it a drive-by like, hey, Karina, um, I, it would really make a big difference to me if you would make sure to clean up the dishes. Okay. <sighs> Run out of the room. And you're like, what? Oh, okay. <laughs> Back to what you were doing, right? right? So when we give people enough time space to be with us, mm-hmm. right? And to do that, you just ask somebody like, hey, I have this thing 
that's been bothering me. And you're not in trouble, but I'm going to need like 10 minutes of just you and me time, uninterrupted time. When would be a good time for us to do that? So then they're creating the time that they're going to have this conversation with you rather than you trying to interrupt them while they're in the middle of something. And then that creates like more frustration around it. Yeah. So solution one would be asking for what you want. Solution two is asking for what you want in the right way. So, so (laughs) yeah, well, yeah, like there's a system Mm -hmm. that you can have in place to set yourself up to win. And so the first one is just, hey, can I have some undivided attention mm-hmm. in the next 24 hours? And when is good for you? Yeah. Because I want when this is good to for be... you, right? We do <sighs> this. So we do this in our work relationships. Mm-hmm. When we call a client, like if we were to treat a client, <laughs> uh, excuse me, if we were to treat our partner are the person, the significant other in our lives Mm -hmm. with the same kind of courtesy and respect that we extend to clients, Mm -hmm. right? When you call someone on the phone for business, hi, this is Karina. Um, Is now a good good time, right? Is now a good time? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. We don't do that. Right. Because we expect them, if they loved us more, that's what we do. Right. If they, if he loved me more, then I could interrupt him at any time, and he would be listening to me with full attention. Right. Can you see it? <laughs> it's a bit unrealistic. <laughs> but can you see how it happens? We mm-hmm. do it all the time. And right. so, yeah, asking someone, is this a good time? And here's what I'm, I'm going to need. I'm going to need X amount of time because... When we as women um, feel unsafe, mm-hmm. right? So the worry center in our brain is much bigger than it is in testosterone-based human beings. And it's just the way our brain developed, and it has to do with estrogen hormones and all sorts of things like that. And so when we think we're expressing someone to some, something to someone that really means something to us, mm-hmm. It feels vulnerable because what, what if they don't want to do that for us, right? Our brain will spin out on that. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, I'm asking for too much. Now, they won't protect me from the tiger. Now, we'll end up breaking up, right? Like, my mm-hmm. whole world is going to fall apart because I need to ask for some respect in the kitchen. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> Happens all the time. So, um So knowing that when we go into this situation, we're already geared up. And what tends to happen is we will blather on and on and on and on. Oh, I've never done that. (laughs) And do you notice the glaze Mm. that happens Mm -hmm. over their eyes? Like, what is she talking about? <laughs> What's the point, right? right. So testosterone-based brains are looking for the point. What's the point? What's the point? What's the point? How can I solve this? Mm-hmm. What's the problem? How can I solve it? What's the problem? How can I solve it? And we're just like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that will get in the way of being heard. So the next solution is to be really clear. Yeah. 
yeah. be respectful of their time, so to speak, you know, keep it. Yeah. So if you say it's going to take 10 minutes, set an alarm, mm. keep yourself to it. If, if you ask for an hour, they're more than happy to provide that, but then keep it to an hour right. or even better, like keep it to 50 minutes, Right. <laughs> surprise them with bonus extra times. Right. So, um, yeah. So asking, asking for time, undivided time to be heard and then asking for what you need. Mm-hmm. Here's what I need. Here's what it looks like. Right. Here's what it would provide for me. Mm-hmm. This would make such a huge difference because what happens for me is I have this list of things that I'm getting ready to do for my day and I walk through the kitchen and the dishes literally yell at me. <laughs> You better do me before you go do this other thing. (laughs) And now I have stopped because it makes me crazy if the dishes aren't done. Mm. And then I'm late for the thing. And it's like this domino effect. My whole day is thrown off, right? So the difference that it would make for me is I would be able to go into my day feeling like superwoman. (laughs) Like I can handle anything that comes my way. Mm -hmm. And I think that... You know, by and large, when, you know, two people are in a relationship, they want to make each other happy. Right. And, you know, I think maybe a lot of the times it's not that the, you know, one of the person, uh, one of the people is is saying, you know, oh, I'm going to do this to upset the other person. It's just a general, like, maybe they didn't even think about it. Maybe they didn't even realize that it was such a big deal to the person. Right. Um, and so being able to ask um, in, a, in a clear way, in a kind way, in a respectful way, et cetera, um, more often than not, I think if the person that you're with, um, you know, truly, truly cares about you, they're going to want to do that thing for you. Absolutely. And all it takes is, is that they knew what they were supposed to do in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So again, it comes back to what are we expecting Mm -hmm. people to already know? Right. What are we assuming that they know because you've mentioned it before? And that's another thing that can get in the way is we expect that if we say something once, that's the only time we should ever have to bring Mm. it up again and then they should do it perfectly. Right. (laughs) Can you relate to that at all? Yeah. And (laughs) it's not always the most realistic, you know? Yeah. Um, And, you know, certainly when, you know, in our minds, and, and I know that I've I've done this before, you know, in our minds, you feel like, well, I did say this, or I did ask for this or whatever, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't necessarily mean that you've confirmed that the person clearly understood that communication, right? The person remembers what you may have said years ago, months ago, whatever it might be. Um, well, and if it was a drive by, (laughs) they didn't even really hear it. Oh, Hey, I need you to do that. Right. Yeah. You're walking, you know, through Mm -hmm. the room and shouting it over your shoulder at them. You're like, well, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it is. It's a big deal to slow down, to become aware mm. of what are the expectations that I have. And am I willing to risk asking for what I need? So going through that process of asking for the time, 
being really clear about what it is that you need, what it looks like, mm -hmm. and what it would provide for you, and then ask that person, this is a big piece. Is there anything that you need from me in order to provide that? What can I do to make it easier for you to yeah. do this thing? Oh, thank you so much for asking because I think I'm going to need you to remind me. Would you remind me if I'm not doing it? Mm -hmm. And you might be like, I would be willing to remind you three times over the next month. Do you think that that's enough time for it to become like on your radar mm -hmm. as important to me? Because I'd be willing to do that, but mm -hmm. not forever. Right. That would make me crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm saying this like, uh, you know, I'm giving it just as an example, but it's like, how many times have I done it in my own life? Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's with my daughter, right? Like with our kids, clean your room, <laughs> clean your room. It's like on repeat and it's deja vu just over and over again. What was that movie? Groundhog Day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like Groundhog Day over and over again. <laughs> Here I am again. So yeah, oh, those are really key pieces. Um, it's a process that we call the great ask. Yeah. So being able to ask in a way that sets you both up to win, mm -hmm. right? Like being accountable for that. Yeah. Being accountable is like, what are you count onable in this partnership that you've chosen to be in with mm -hmm. this person? And you want both sides to win, right? Right. Yeah. So... What would be the second mistake, second mistake that people make in their relationships? Mm, I love this one because it's freaking rampant. <laughs> so, uh, human animal experience, right? Our, our inner caveman or cave woman, or, um, I like to call her the ideal woman or the bitchity cricket. <laughs> The emotional uh, undertones of our reactions. Right. It's that voice that's going off in your head all day long. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that she loves to do is hallucinate or make up stories about why. Mm. Why life isn't showing up the way that you want it to or why did he say it that way? And why he didn't do the dishes. Why he didn't do the dishes, mm. you know, whatever it was. Why does he keep leaving the socks on the floor? Mm. I've asked a million times. He must not love me. He doesn't respect me enough if he respected me more. And then your brain will continue to build evidence on that. Mm. All the examples that you can think of where he hasn't shown you the kind of respect or love or admiration that you deserve mm -hmm. and you're entitled to, right? So what we can do instead is employ our prefrontal cortex mm -hmm. <laughs> is to notice, first of all, is just to notice and stop the crazy house, mm -hmm. right? To stop all of the craziness that's happening. Because what happens, like, do you know that feeling of when 
I mean, it doesn't matter if it's your your spouse or your partner. It can be the mailman. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it feels like he yelled at you for putting the trash can in front of the mailbox again. And then you're... And he hates me. (sighs) Our mailman hates me. (laughs) It's because I never put the stamp in the right place. It's because I'm always running out to the mailbox with one last piece of mail. He just has it out against me or something. Right? Yeah. And then what happens is you've been waiting for this package, Mm -hmm. right? You're super excited about it. And it hasn't come. And it's late. And, like, where does your brain hallucinate? That mailman hates me. He probably delivered it to the neighbor down the street on purpose. I feel like this is from Seinfeld, too, right? Isn't that one of the storylines on Seinfeld is he has the ongoing, like, rift with the with the mailman. Oh, Newman. Um, Newman, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the great example, Jerry yeah. Seinfeld making stories in his head. Yeah. Well, I think maybe Newman really did Although have it out for him. I do. I think Newman bit. really did have it out for him. Yeah. So it is good to know, like, when that's actually real. But most of the time, it's not. Mm-hmm. And so um, let me just see if I can come up with a great example of where I've done it. Because the thing about hallucinating or making up stories is it's more powerful to ask yourself instead of, oh, what am I hallucinating? You know, am I hallucinating now? Mm-hmm. Is, is what am I hallucinating now? And what am I hallucinating now? Oh, and what am I hallucinating now? Mm-hmm. Right? Because we do it all the time. Mm-hmm. So let me see. I'm just going to take a quick thinky-think. Um, so I was on a date last night. And I was having dinner with this friend who we've gone out a couple of times mm-hmm. now. And a really, really smart guy. And... There was something that he was telling me about um, the media and how sexualized the media is. And he's really grossed out by it. He's a really good feminist, Mm -hmm. this man. (laughs) A very good feminist. And he was talking about how sexualized the media is and how, you know, there'll be a woman on camera to sell toothpaste. And she'll, Mm -hmm. you know, turn and walk away, sultry-like, and... And how that just doesn't have any influence over him. And then after dinner, we were walking our dogs through the neighborhood. And I was walking in front of him. And I have, like, I like being in my feminine. I really, I really enjoy it. I mm-hmm. enjoy the pleasure of sauntering <laughs> on a warm Austin evening, right? <laughs> like, that's just, that puts me in a really great space. Mm-hmm. And so we're walking along, and I was walking ahead of him, and I became aware of him behind me. And for a moment, I got this, like, oh, he's watching me walk. (laughs) And I liked that. And then I got really sad for a second, Karina, because I was like, it has no impact on him. Like, the poetry... Of a woman sauntering on a hot, (laughs) steamy night in Austin in the summertime, right? Like, the poetry of that, it made me really sad that it was lost on him because of media. Because we're so overstimulated by constantly having these images, you know, just thrust into our faces. And largely, what is 
you know, portrayed in the TV shows and the commercials, it's, it's all over the top, right? You know, it's over-sexualized, hyper-sexualized, you know, so I won't go too crazy on this one because it's a really tough time for men to know how to be Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. And we'll save that for another episode because that's juicy. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had this whole story of who he was based on that little piece of information that he'd given me. Mm -hmm. And I just said to him, I said, I really feel sad about how you don't let yourself receive any pleasure from watching a woman walk away or walk in front of you. That I'm really sad that that's what our culture has done to you. Right. So that was my hallucination. (laughs) And he started laughing and he goes, what are you talking about? I've never not enjoyed watching a woman walk away, (laughs) walk in front of me or walk away. You know, so it's like we build off of little tiny bits of information, Mm -hmm. but we aren't accountable for asking for more clarity from our partners. We'll just jump into making up a whole story about who he is. And if I had kept that story about this sad, sad man living in a gray world of (laughs) no pleasure or excitement and enjoying the opposite sex, I wouldn't have seen him again. Mm -hmm. He's like, no way. I'm a total hedonist. I love that stuff. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) He suddenly became much more interesting to me, right? So that that's an example of something that gets in the way is is taking responsibility, right? Being accountable, being count onable for owning when you're making stuff up. <laughs> and I think that, you know, this is definitely something that we all do. I mean, whether it's in the checkout line of the grocery store and I'm like, God, this checkout person hates me because I'm always here late and I'm always, oh, I always have too many things. And, you know, and I, and I definitely create that whole story about how this person feels about me or what this other person is thinking Mm -hmm. based not at all on anything they've ever said or done. But like you said, that little inner hallucination or story that I've made up. Um, And I think that we, we get really carried away with that. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially in the day and age where so much of our communications are online and via text message and email and these very kind of ambiguous um, settings where a lot of the the nuance or emotion or sarcasm or humor, like none of that comes through. I feel that I, it has increased those stories I'm making up even more because you get a text from someone and all it is, is what you read into it. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's one word. Maybe yeah. it's two words. Absolutely. And most of the time, people aren't even spelling words out or using punctuation. Oh, yeah. So there's no there's assistance no there for, from grammar to be able to right. translate that well. Right. Yeah. And so a great example of that is um, uh, one of my best girlfriends back in Park City. So my friend messaged her husband to see when he'd be home for dinner. Mm-hmm. And this text message popped in saying, I just got to the office. He's a realtor. So he was okay. out and about in the world. And she was like, oh, okay. So like five minutes later, he walks through the door 
and she didn't have dinner ready. And <laughs> so, right. And she really, you know, right. that's, that's her part. She mm-hmm. really loves feeding him. Mm-hmm. And, um, especially after he's been out in the world working all day and, and he appreciates that. And she wasn't ready cause she had just sent the message and the right. message came through that I just got to the office. And so she wasn't expecting him until like after seven. Right. And so he comes walking through the door and she's shocked. She's like, right. And she's frustrated yeah. because now she's behind the game and mm-hmm. now she's got to hustle. And I hope that you're enjoying this episode of the Wellness Plus podcast brought to you by wellnessplus.tv, a subscription service empowering you with everything you need to take control of your health. Sign up for your free trial today to watch the video version of this episode and all our other podcasts. You'll also gain access to our extensive library, including tons of follow-along yoga and fitness courses, massage tutorials, ASMR, guided meditations, educational health videos, and much more. Feel better, look better, and live better today with wellnessplus.tv. And... um and he's like, oh, I, I sent that this morning. So I know people who have broken up with other people because of text messages mm. where they said they, you know, they sent a text message. And she's like, you didn't send me a text message. I never got that text message. <laughs> so now, right, hallucinating, I can't trust this man. He lies. He's lied about this. Now what else is he like? Right? Woo! Yeah. Gone. Sprint and AT&T. And we are broken up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, one key thing, holy cow, this is like really important and nothing to do with me teaching, but is don't trust text messaging. Mm. Have a conversation with someone, mm-hmm. you know, you're a millionaire in minutes on your phone plan. <sighs> Just start using them. Yeah. Start using them. Well, and even I, better FaceTime. FaceTime is so much better to create mm, real connection. Because then you at least have the, you can see their responses, yeah. their expressions. You're going to pick up all of those little nuances. Yeah. Of the communication that Absolutely. are just lost. Absolutely. But number one is own when you're making stuff up. Mm. Own it. Stop. The brain is geared towards uh, efficiency, mm-hmm. not accuracy. Right. So you make something up, and now it's just it's just finding examples to support that right. and reinforce the story. It becomes so real. So what you can do instead, and I think I started in on this and got distracted, but um, you can employ your prefrontal cortex. You can notice that you're making stuff up. Mm -hmm. You can stop, take a deep breath. Okay. I'm really making stuff up. I'm pretty worked up about this. And then you can employ your imagination, which is an act of prefrontal cortex. And you can start to imagine what it is that you really do want instead of that. Mm. Or if they're your partner, what if you give them a little space to have the first thing you think that like, oh, maybe there's a good reason for that. Right. I know that he loves me. I know he respects me and cares about me and wants me to be happy. So maybe the reason I haven't heard from him in the last 12 hours, that there's actually a good reason for it. Right. And what if I'd be willing to just ask? Mm-hmm. 
rather than making up the reason in my head. And, and, and you're totally right. You know, the brain wants to, uh, it wants to tie up the loose ends, you know. So when you perceive something, uh, your brain is kind of scavenging through your, you know, mental Rolodex, as I like to call it, yeah. um, to find, okay, well, here's all the pieces that support this conclusion, and here's how we're going to make sense of this certain thing that was said or done. Um, and you're right, we create these sometimes very embellished stories in our minds yeah. uh, to try and substantiate that um, assumption um, or, you know, whatever interpretation that we've made. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, or what about the expectation mm -hmm. that you might have that you've never shared that when you haven't heard from someone say within whatever, it's mm -hmm. whatever you need, it mm -hmm. could be 30 minutes for you. It could right. be three hours. You know, for me, I've got like, a, I've got a pretty big capacity for giving people time space to get back mm -hmm. to me. So 24 hours, I'm good. Yeah. After that, now all of a sudden I'm making up stories. Right. And then that costs me energy, right? So how many times have you had a situation where you've sent somebody a message, they didn't respond, they come traipsing through the door, they're happy to be home from a long day at work to mm -hmm. see you, they're so excited to see you, and you are pissed. Right. Fuming. Because you sent a message like three hours ago. Right. Why hadn't he responded? Yeah. He doesn't let me. We're probably on our way out. Yeah, or... This is done. I'm going to protect myself. I'm not going to... Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's so true. And, you know, um, I've been in relationships before where, you know, he'll be out late and you have this, or I had this expectation that, oh, you know, if he's out past a certain amount of time, he's going to call me. Right. He's going to let me know what right. he's doing. If he's out past bar time, he's going to let me know if he's right. gone to someone else's house or they're doing something. And then when they stroll in at, you know, three or four in the morning, I mean, I'm just a ball of nerves yeah. um, because all I wanted was for them to communicate with me and tell me when they were going to be home. And, right. um, and while they've been gone all these hours, my mind has just gone crazy coming up with all these yeah. reasons that... He doesn't love me. He doesn't respect me. He just doesn't care. He has no respect for if I'm going to get a good night's sleep or not. And, right. You and know. now you're not going to perform well the next day, so now you're worried about that. It's like a total snowball effect. Yeah, absolutely. And and so to kind of, like, do you ever beat yourself up about how much you worry? And then mm -hmm. he gets home and you're like, oh. Oh, it's fine. All, right? like, Got all worked uh, up over nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the reason for that, I mentioned this earlier in the podcast, is our worry center in our brain is bigger than it is in a testosterone-based brain. Mm. So our gatherer instincts, the things that are in our DNA, are where are all the members of our tribe and are they safe? Did they make it back safe? Did the tiger get them? Mm -hmm. It's so deep and it's such a deep, deep right. survival instinct. Mm -hmm. And we as estrogen based human beings are concerned about right. our people. Right. Are they safe? So even when it makes no logical sense whatsoever, we worry ourselves to pieces. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> My mom actually, um, 
I mean, I think she hadn't heard from me in like 24 hours. It was not a long time, and she'd sent me a message. But when I'm with people, I like to turn my ringer off and throw my my phone in the bottom of my purse, and I leave it there. Because I just, Mm. I want to be with people when I'm with them. And so when I was leaving that night, it was like 10.45. They're in bed by like 8.30, 9 o'clock, right? (laughs) You know? And uh, like, that was a late night for me too, so I'm not much better. But um, she'd sent me a message. I haven't heard from you in a while. I'm, I'm about to send the, you know, I'm about to call the sheriff's office to see if you're missing. So then the next day I had to be up early and I was out in the world and I just, her message had gotten buried. So almost an entire day had gone Mm. by and I knew I could feel it in my body that she was worried about me. Mm. And so I called her, right? I didn't text. I actually called and I said, I'm so sorry, mom. I know you've been worried about me. (sighs) Right? And I'm sure she appreciated I'm that. sure she did. <laughs> I'm sure she did. But, yeah, we we want to know that our people are safe. And and that's something that we can let our partners, if they're, if they're masculine, testosterone-based partners, we can clue them in because they have no idea. Mm-hmm. They think we're crazy. <laughs> and maybe we are. <laughs> there are moments. But for the most part, it's just who we are, and it's not something that we can really change. Mm-hmm. It's just part of who we are. And they actually really love that part of us, that they know that we care about them. Mm-hmm. And they, don't, they don't like it so much when they're out in the world and they can feel that we're worried about them, right. but they love knowing that we're wondering about where they are mm-hmm. and that they're okay. Mm-hmm. Right. That's one of the beautiful things that we offer as as women. Right. So making up stories in our mind. Yeah. Especially in those situations where we get worried. A very natural response. Um, but I certainly can think of examples of times that I've, you know, basically written a novel in my mind. Right. Based on, you know, being worried or just not knowing whatever that thing is. Um what would you say is, is the next mistake hmm. that people can, um, you know, just it sounds like with just a little bit of um, being more conscientious, being more clear, mm-hmm. communicating more clearly, um, that a lot of these mistakes can be avoided. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say that the next thing is allowing yourself enough space. So allowing yourself enough time space, enough emotional space, um, and we will have the experience kind of 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 people or things collapsing our space. Mm. So sometimes maybe it's the wind if you've just had your hair your hair all did, <laughs> and it right like yeah. I just looked great this morning when it right. was raining. When we came in. So, you know, we can have this experience. Sometimes it might be traffic. Sometimes it might be the heat. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, I can't deal. Mm-hmm. So we have this thought, this hallucination that there's something that's bigger than us. It's more powerful than we are. It will overpower me. Mm-hmm. I can't handle it. Right? And a lot of times it's the hallucinations that we've made up. Mm-hmm. And so if we allow ourselves more space and other people more space, 
Like, can you even just kind of feel that? Mm -hmm. And I think that that, um, you know, kind of claustrophobic feeling is something that's really common in relationships um, where, you know, yeah, either there's the feeling that someone's too clingy or there's like not enough you know, personal time that's given or whatever. Right. And we all know how uncomfortable it is to actually be claustrophobic in a really small confined space or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I can certainly understand where kind of that emotional claustrophobia, perhaps, mm-hmm. um, this is very, very common. It's a great way of putting it. I love that Karina. Um, I, I like to think of it as like if you have this big ball around you that's your space that you're responsible for, that it's like a hole gets poked in it and it's like saran wrap getting sucked in on you. So, um, yeah, there's there's that experience of just like, oh, I can't handle this. You know, right. I'm suffocating in this. and And so then we'll move to... Um, feeling like it's it's too much to ask for, that it would ruin everything. If I say that I need some time away, mm. we'll start to take responsibility for the stories that we are now making up about their stories. <laughs> A double hallucination. <laughs> we hallucinate about their hallucination? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, like I said before, it's rampant. And so really one of the best things you you can do, and I, and I know that you'd love for this to be linear, Mm -hmm. right? Like here's number one, number two, number three, but we do this in such a way that they spiral. Right. Right. It's constant that we're moving in and out of expectation. And then that plays into the assumptions that we have that plays into the story that we create and Mm -hmm. we're hallucinating. And, like, at what point do you feel the tension in your own body that you can start to use that as a cue? Mm. Right? Like, I am so uncomfortable in this collapsed space experience mm-hmm. of being wrapped up in saran wrap that I can hardly breathe. And every it feels like everything in the world is falling apart. Right. And when you can just, like, recognize, like, oh. I must be doing that thing Jules talked about. I must be hallucinating. Oh, okay. Right? And mm. coming back to like, oh, deep breath. Mm-hmm. Poof, poof out my space bubble. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, in terms of a, you know, relationship between two people that um, you'd be able to tell the person, I need more space or, oh, I'm just feeling so overwhelmed right now. I just need some time for myself or whatever. I'm out of this stressful situation. If it's a, you know, stressful home environment or there's, you know, a lot of times that becomes really um, overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, sometimes it's sound, right? The other day I was out for a walk and in the distance I could hear somebody's car alarm going off. And it's like, it was just loud enough that I was hardly able to pay attention to what the person was saying next to me. Mm -hmm. And it was like, somebody please, right? Like it was, it was the experience of it collapsing my space. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I'd love to do a whole other episode on superpowers because there's a way of being able to be accountable for holding your space. 
And, and that, that really inside of being in partnership with someone is if they can trust you mm -hmm. to be accountable, to hold your own space yeah. And and then to be able to come from that place of oh there must be a good reason for this. Mm -hmm. And then being willing to ask or even if you become aware of what it is that you need, I need that car alarm to stop beeping. <laughs> and right like what it would provide for me is peace because I'm going to lose my mind right. in like 2 seconds. <laughs> oh, honey, I'm on it. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Like people want, they want to be in action to do things that make a difference in somebody else's life, especially someone that they love and care about. Mm -hmm. And we just don't offer that opportunity very often. Right. And I think that to the extent that someone can do something to help a situation or improve, at least significantly improve a situation, um, you know, most people, like you said, they do want to do that or at least do something to try and improve the situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, can you think of a situation where you've been able to do something and you knew that it really made a difference? Like, is there anything that pops into your head? I mean, I get it all the time because it's the work that I do. Mm -hmm. You know, I just had a conversation over the weekend with my daughter's best friend, who happens to be a young man who was having trouble in his relationship with his girlfriend, and I love that he called me. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I work mostly with, with millennial men, because it is. It's a very challenging time to know how to be a good person. Mm -hmm. Like, he even has trouble calling himself a good man. Mm. That's how tweaky it is and right. distorted. So, um, yeah, you know, that I got to share something with him that really made a difference in his ability to communicate what he needed to his girlfriend. Mm. And yeah, that was huge. Yeah. I mean, that's right. Like that lights me up. That right. gives me juice and energy to go about my day and mm -hmm. feeling like I'm, like I'm here for a reason. Mm -hmm. I, I think everyone Everyone longs for that experience right. and to be able to provide that for your partner consistently. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine <laughs> what that relationship is like? Right. And just for both people to feel um, listened to mm. and to know that the other person wants to give of themselves to improve the situation, to improve their experience of life or work or you know, making the house, you know, more livable, um, more clean or tidy or whatever that is for each right. person. And, 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 and for the reason, because of who it allows you to be mm -hmm. when the house is clean and tidy, right. not just like, it's like a, a thing you have to do, but because of who it allows you to be and show up in the world as, mm -hmm. and then that's who you are for the relationship. Is happy, Karina. <laughs> well, I think that you're completely right that people, you know, they want to help to take the weight off of the shoulders of the people that they care about. Yeah. And largely it's just either not knowing how to do that um, or just not, you know, feeling the um, 
you know, answer is clear enough of what they can do. So if we can just communicate to people more clearly all of those different things, chances are they're going to be thrilled to help improve that situation Mm -hmm. to the best of their ability. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we want that. We, we want to feel like we can make the person that we love their life a little better and Mm -hmm. deeper right? More, um, powerful that Mm -hmm. they get to be more powerful, that they get to be, they get to share like the best version of themselves, not just Mm. with you, but like with the world, they get to make a difference in the world and that you were part of that. Like you were the, the person behind them helping to make that all possible. That's fulfilling. Definitely. Well, Jules, I want to thank you so much for joining me here today. I think that we've just kind of cracked the surface of all of these different uh, relationship mistakes, things that people can do. So I'm really excited to uh, continue um, delving into this topic a little bit more. Awesome. Maybe even reach out into some of those other relationships and partnerships like work, friends, et cetera. Yeah. And I think, you know, the more that um, you tune into these conversations that we have together, you'll start to see the consistency Mm. because it's not about techniques. Right. This isn't a list of things that you can check off. And this is like really making you aware of who you be in the world. Mm -hmm. Right. It's about who you are being. And the more that you exercise the prefrontal cortex and Mm -hmm. notice when you're in human animal brain instead of human spirit, you really get to consistently start showing up in all your relationships, whether it's at work or with your Mm -hmm. family members or your loved one, you know, your partner. Um, that's, that's who you're being in the world now. Right. So I'm psyched for you to tune in again and that we're going to carry on this conversation. Yeah, it's really fun for me. I love sharing it. Oh, thank you so much for being here. And I want to thank all of you for listening, joining us today for the Wellness Plus podcast. Again, you can learn more about Jules at JulesHarrison.com. And we look forward to joining you again. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you, Karina. Please pardon this brief interruption. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Become a supporter at patreon.com slash psychetruth, where you can watch the video version of this episode and all of our other podcasts. You'll also gain access to over 500 videos of exclusive content, including premium courses and behind-the-scenes peeks. Help us keep this information free by visiting patreon.com slash psychetruth. That's P-S-Y-C-H-E-T-R-U-T-H.